right, Buzz Buzz Babies, it's another episode of Blake's Buzz, and this week I've got a comic book rock star in the house. He's worked on Punisher, Batman, Moon Knight, uh, he's worked with some amazing people, he's a wonderful artist, and then he started writing, and he writes amazing comics. You may have heard of Time Before Time, you may have heard of Old Dog, you may have heard of Bog Bodies, that's right ladies and gentlemen, Declan Shalvey is in the house on Blake's Buzz. Declan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm not too bad, or you may not have heard of any of those things, just for some balance. <laughs> well, if you haven't heard of them, you're about to, and and if and if you don't have them, you get get your wallets ready, folks. Yeah, I got to hear about the parrot. <laughs> uh, you are. It's almost not fair, man. I you're. I love your art. I really do. Like I. I think I love your style. I love you. Like. You walk that line between like realism and 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 that more animated look, you know, and and I really I dig that. Uh, it were I I love I I you know, I know this sounds like weird to say, but I you do violence and action really well, which I is being showcased in, in Old Dog right now, and uh, it's it, it's it's almost not fair that when you started writing and you write really great stories, your 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 dialogue, your pacing, your structure, I mean. You're just you're on it. I mean, you do you letter too? Can can you just make a whole oh, comic no. book by yourself? No, <laughs> hell with that. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, that's good. You're not, at least you're not at least you're not perfect. <laughs> Bring your back down a little bit. I, I did try lettering early in my career as an experiment, and it did not. I wouldn't work. I one of my indie indie books I did when I was starting out. I lettered that book, and um, no, it was fine. But um, illustrator and any. If I can avoid some computer time, I'll, I'll I'll take it. And there's a lot of great letters out there. Um, and yeah, I just um, I I just have to let go at some stage. <laughs> when when you draw, are you are you uh are, have you moved to digital like so many people? Or are you still are you still on like uh, pencil and paper? I know a pencil and paper. I'll probably die on that hill to be honest. Uh, nice. Uh, just um, there's aesthetic reasons um, to it. I. Not to have a go at any digital artists because there's some amazing digital artists out there, but there's a slight bit of homogeneity across the board. I kind of feel like, but just that's just a mindless kind of criticism. Why end? But for me, I just like working on paper. I like mm -hmm. the tactile nature of it, and I feel that working on paper is the thing that kind of um, the limitations of it push me to kind of work harder at the drawing. You know. Um, I don't think I like like I said with the lettering. You know, I just if I could be away from a computer, I'll take it. And if I was drawing on a computer all day, like I have a computer next to me while I work, but if I was actually with it all the time, I think I I, I just wouldn't enjoy it. So there's a very selfish reason that I just like it. <laughs> it. There's also like I don't want to say that like digital artists have it easier, but but there are things that digital artists like an advantages as as for like you know if mistakes are made to like correct those mistakes. Whereas like when you're, when you're on, you know, pencil and paper, or when you move to like the inking territory, right. You, there's, you have to be, you know, there, the stakes are a little bit higher, right. Cause if you, if you mess up, it's harder to cover that. And it, I think we've all seen like the, the occasional photo of like a, uh, someone who like knocks, knocks their, their ink bottle over on the desk or something mm -hmm. like there's little, you know, little things like that that like digital artists don't, you know, don't necessarily have to have to deal with. Uh, and I, I really like that. I like that that stress that it adds to. I feel like that comes into it. It, it does, but like that's 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 a plus side for digital, but it's also minus side for digital. And I don't mean the working me. I mean, I mean for the artists because if you work digitally, <clears throat> I think you're expected to make changes a lot easier. Mm. You know, if somebody asks me to change something, I'm like, I showed you the layouts and I showed you the pencils. You know, no. 
you, like you can be because the amount of time it would take to change something is so much higher. Mm-hmm. I think some people will kind of like talk to digital artists as like, oh, we need to just move it because technically you can. But I think you expect there's maybe a higher bar for people to kind of like expect more hoops for you to jump through, which I think would be, um, you know, a minus. Plus, you know, um, there if you have computer problems, you yeah. know, that can be huge. Um, you know, if your computer isn't working, you can't draw, and yeah. computers don't work often. You know, so like I, there's reasons why I personally don't like digital, but you know, I'm not going to go like like oh, it sucks and it's all dumb. Like it, it's like there's there's I think there's pluses and minuses on whether whatever you decide to go with the minus like you said of me is like a spill over the ink you know the minus is i might run out of lead uh for my paper you know or might run out of paper or making sure you have paper on time you know there's whereas you don't have to worry about that with digital because your page i like i spent a day ruling like here like you know i spent a day just ruling pages you can't really see them screen here but like just ruling out the 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 live art area on every page for all oh yeah that's a pain in the earth <laughs> you know but do you want to do that digitally so like you know there's there's pluses and minus i think it's really down to who who's doing the work and what works for them well i mean whatever you're doing i just stick with it right like i i, I like i said I, I love your art and you're 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 on a roll right now um and and I, every page i've read of the three issues of old dog have been absolutely beautiful and phenomenal answer uh, just, just popping, man. Uh, it's so cool to see what you've done now. Now, real quick, I know you've probably been asked this a lot. That's why I just, I want to ask it real quick and then we can move on. Like you, you were responsible for the, the suit, right? For the, the moon Knight suit. Um, and, and I loved that look. Right. And I, it kind of, when we all saw the trailer and saw that that was going to be included in the show, like it blew everybody's goddamn mind. And, and we were all like, Oh my God, you know? And, and, uh, I I just what was it like? I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming you watched it or at least watched a little bit or at least a trailer because it, it had your your art, you know, it, it came from your mind. Mm-hmm. But like, what what was your thoughts like? Uh, you know, like seeing that, like you know, on I was not the silver screen, obviously, because we it's a streamer, but watching it at home, like like seeing that comes come to life and and you know, like you know, move around on on the screen and like was that was that a trip? Well, just to, to clarify, just because I never wanted to make it seem like I'm taking credit for somebody else's work. Um, um, Michael, no, Michael, yeah, Michael um, Lark um, drew an issue of Secret Avengers of Warren where Warren had Moon Knight in a, a suit. Oh, okay. Um, but when we were doing Moon Knight, we, in, we created the character Mr. Knight, which is a much more kind of like a dapper debonair. Like, I designed that character, mm-hmm. and that character is what's in the show. I just clarify there. Because I see some stuff online sometimes, it's very annoying. Um, so like you know, um, and I definitely sp- spun off what Michael had done in that. Same as any character design you do, you spin spin off what was before. But um, so yeah, <clears throat> Warren and I created Mister Knight, and I designed Mister Knight, and Mister Knight was in the show. And I did do some online. It was crazy. Um, it's crazy to look at something that you made and it looked back at you. You know, oh yeah, drawing this little <laughs> thing, but like. There was a really cool promo shot of Mr. Knight putting on a glove and you didn't see his eyes. And I was just like, that's, that's Mr. Knight and he's looking at me. Like that, that was, that was insane. That was really insane. Um, but I mean, I would say I'm a bit measured about it. Like, you know, it's Marvel's, it's Marvel's Mr. Knight. Like I, I <clears throat> for me, honest, I wasn't mad about the character in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I saw a lot of people being angry that he wasn't more like Mr. Knight of the comic. And my feeling was like, ah, he's going to get there. Cause it's, 
you know, when your a TV show is different to a comic and you're introducing this characters, like they didn't just adapt our run of Moon Knight, they kind of did a wider adapt adaptation of the character. And Mr. Knight was part of that. So my feeling was he'd probably get to that badass place, but he kind of didn't. Um, so I was, I you know, I was a bit let down, but at the same time, it's an adaptation. So, you know, like that's what they're going to do. But there was the, um, there was a fight at the very last episode. Um, it's like a, a side tracking shot or whatever, where Mr. Knight is like, just, you know, knocking through people with the mm. batons. And that, and that's where I actually felt like, because of the, the issue where Mr. Knight fights uh, issue five, um, he does the kind of raid issue or we did the raid issue. Um, that felt the closest to something I had drawn because he's moving around and the suit's moving in the same way that I kind of had. That was, that was not, it was only like for like three seconds, but it's still <laughs> pretty class. And, um, there's like an end, what do they call them? End footage after the credits or whatever. Oh yeah. Where like spoilers uh, for those who haven't seen it, but like are a lot specifically the Conchu I designed because I designed Conchu in the suit and in the show he's in robes, which mm -hmm. so people, so I, I would be, my thing would be like, I did design that, that skull, but I didn't design the cut, the, the robes. And then at the very end of the very end of the season, you see him in the suit, in the limo that I had drawn. I don't know with the, um, with the license plate specter, like that was all from the first third page of, of, of yeah. issue one so that was that was a really cool way to end it because I kind of stepped back from it a bit going like ah it's not really there's not because Mr. Knight kind of pops kind of disappears really for a bit of the show but but when it came back in the last episode that was kind of cool I was that was on a high nice yeah I so yours your run on, on Moon Knight was like my first foray with the like I knew who he was oh, cool. right but I'd, I'd never like read the, the comic and, and then of course like because I was late to late to the show, um, all the trades and hardcovers for Moon Knight, uh, and, and this was even before the show was really announced. Like they were all sold out and really expensive. And I, I mean, luckily, like we, there's Marvel Unlimited and stuff. But I, yeah, I, I, I do like uh, and or like kind of similar to you. Like with reading, I don't mind digital, and I I do it a lot because like I, it's how I get my review copies and stuff, right? And I have a nice tablet, and so like I, I read a lot of digital comics, but like. I love holding a book and I also love right. putting those books on my shelves. And, you know, I like, I like having a lot of books so that I, you know, how else, like when people come over, how are they going to know how smart I am if I don't have all these books <laughs> on a shelf? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I, I lucked out and, and got a, this big moon Knight bundle, like online, I got like some Epic collections and the Lemire hardcover and the Bendis hardcover and the the trades that started with you and then wood and then colin bun I, so i got this like huge stack of moon knight comics right and everybody was like everybody was like you know warren and declan's run like that's that's real moon knight that's what's the, that's the jam it's the sauce like that's where you need to start and i i mean like i've been sold out for years like yeah man we publish every other book as far as i know but yeah, it's it's it it was so good, man, and and I just I loved it, and that's that's that I was, was, like, I, was a, I recently was able to get a I think it was I think it was um, Marvel UK or Titan or whoever it is published an omnibus it has Vida Warren's Run and Bright Wood and um, Greg Smallwood. Oh wow! And um, Collins Run with I think it's Jeremy Atkins and there's another artist. So like you can get an omnibus of like the 
the Mr. Knight era, if you will. Um, it's not a minute. It's not. It, it's a. I think it's a, a European publication. But like, I was able to get it, so it's nice to be able to get a new version and have all those in there too. Um, but yeah, if you want to read the just the the, the original trade, it's been out of print for years. I may have to. I mean, I'm a sucker for a hardcover. Like, I, I love. It's not a hardcover. Sorry, to be clear, it's, it's an omnibus. No, no, it's uh, it's. Um, I have it in the other room, but yeah, no, it's not. It's not a hardcover. Just yeah, I don't know. Well, still, I mean that's that's cool. They collected them all together. Like it, hmm. it's it's. I don't understand. Um, like I recently got into manga, right? And and they, they'll run out, but then they when they run out, they reprint them right away. And it seems like uh, like with Western comics, they're they're like, no, like they like throw them into the Disney vault, and then maybe like five years later, they'll they'll reprint a deluxe edition or something and resell it. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, it, it's, it, it's it depends. I, mean, I think I, I think Marvel. I I don't know what their like mindset is. You know, I'm not part of those conversations. But you know, with greater own comics, you know, a lot of us. <clears throat> and I imagine it's to to a degree the same with corporate comics. It's like, will it make money? Yeah. Now I would argue if there's going to be a TV show, I'd say it'll probably sell. <laughs> you know, but like you say, we did Bod Bodies an image, and that sold out within a year, which is great. And then mm-hmm. we reprinted it, and that hasn't. I mean that. The reprint hasn't sold out, but I mean, we sold out. We sold out more than the demand, but then we reprinted for like the higher demand, and you know, maybe it will sell out over time. But I think in the short term, you know, companies are probably thinking like, you know, what is it? Is it going to make money? Yada yada yada. Um, but uh, to me, if it's, if something's going to be a TV show, it's a bit of a no. Why they're reprinting everything else? So yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. Like if if they put it on TV or HBO or Disney Plus or something, like I feel like it's a safe bet. Like maybe we should drop a new edition <laughs> to go. Along yeah, at the very least, yeah. TV shows are great ads for comics. You know. Yeah. Like if someone's often asked, would I, you know, ever want something I did be adapted to TV? And my answer is always like, well, it'd be a great ad for the comic. So because <laughs> the toughest thing really with comics is just letting people know that they exist. Yeah. You know, like it's where. We're not book publishing. We're not TV. Um, and if you're trying to burst through the 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 the, the consciousness of pop culture or not wider pop culture, not like our pop culture, um, yeah, TV is a great way to do that because it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you did you just mentioned Bog Bodies, which is a, a good uh, a good segue into your your indie work, which is absolutely like draw. Jaw dropping. Thanks, man. I wasn't trying to say with everyone to talk about Moon Knight. Oh no, no, man. Uh, I, I, I loved, I loved Moon Knight, and and I love the big two stuff. But no, like I, my my platform is is mainly uh, more indie, uh, anyway. So like that that totally works. But uh, Bog Bodies like is was so good, dude. Like oh my god, like Thanks, and and that was why. Like I don't, I don't think any like like you said, the first run sold out. It got reprinted. Um, everybody, I feel like everybody loved it. It was, it was widely praised. It was on a lot of top comic lists. Like everybody was telling everybody to read it. And it was, uh, I, I loved, uh, I love the original graphic novel format anyway. Um, like as a reviewer, it's kind of nice cause you, you, mm. you have more to talk about, right. Than, than just 20 pages at a time. And you can kind of like, you can get a little deeper into it and, and, and have a little more fun with your write-ups. And, um, but also just as a consumer, I'm really starting to, like it too, you know, like uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, you know, like they're, they're reckless stuff They're And they're basically like have told everybody we're not doing single issues anymore. We're doing this forever. And I don't think anybody's mad about it. And um, but Bog Bodies was something really, really special. Um, the 
the di- like uh, the dialogue was so was so good and, and now i guess like as an american right like it's it's going to be more impressive to how like authentic it felt because of the dialogue but you know like mm-hmm. you know from as a, as a scotlander like you're i mean you're like this yeah that's how we talk man like it's like i wrote how you know we you know but the i mean there was a lot of like kind of there's a lot of like cheekiness in the dialogue right for how like juxtaposed with the that the absolute like darkness and hopelessness and and scariness of this like night you know being lost in the woods and and where they where all these you know dead bodies are are, are left to like be hidden and decomposed and never seen again uh and and just all the, the all the craziness that involved it within the 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 book and I mean, how did, what made you want to write that? Cause it, it's, it's wildly different than a lot of the stuff that you've, that you've had come out, you know, it's, it's a little bit darker, a little bit creepier. Um, and, uh, I, it just it felt kind of different for you, but I, you know, I feel like because maybe you, you took a risk or, or, or got a little bit out of your, of, of your comfort zone, if you will. I mean, like it, it really paid off. So like, where, where'd the inspiration come from for that story? Um, well, I was sure. Do you have Scotland? Did, did you accuse me of being Scottish there for a second, or you, do you have Scottish heritage? Uh, well, I kind of, well, no, I'm more. I think my I think we're Irish. I'm not. I, I haven't done one of those because I'm Irish. It's 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 an Irish. You're Irish. Okay. Be, oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, a dirty Scotsman. Um, and I can say that because I live there, and they're 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 thugs. Um, <laughs> um but uh, no, um. Yeah, what I did, I had done a, I had done, I did a graphic novel called Savage Town a few years previous, which was my first creator-owned written mm-hmm. story, and that was a kind of a crime drama set in a, a city called Limerick um, here in Ireland, and I really, really liked it, and I wrote it, like, very specific, act, like, if you read it, you read it in the accent of the town, it was very specific, it was um, very niche, but I, you know, I knew with image you can just do what you want so I did what I wanted and I really really enjoyed it and um, I just had a smaller idea for Bog Body so it was I think originally I was I had an apprentice and I was thinking of a project for him something kind of small contained that wouldn't be too long Savage Town was probably like 120 pages whereas Bog Bodies just, just a smaller idea and there was no point doing it as a series because it would just be you know three four issues um, well it could have but I lived right on the right on the edge of the um, Dublin mountains there, and uh, I, I and there's there has been a lot of stories of women going missing up there. You know, I think a lot. Of, oh wow! You know, a lot of uh, stories about the IRA losing bodies up there, or, or criminal gangs doing it, or like so. There's there's something to it, you know. Um, and it just kind of I don't know the idea of it being this kind of graveyard was um, interesting, and I also you know like I said I liked writing Irish characters, so it was just a nice project to write something kind of done in one self-contained kind of it, it was a it was wrote as a crime story but um my editor in the book she kind of points out there was a bit, bit of a horror story too which is which is true i uh, i didn't really set out to write a horror story but it is kind of a, it's a survivalist mm-hmm. uh, horror story um too and um and i also had met this artist gavin fullerton who i thought was amazing i thought i just thought he had so much promise and i wanted to make a project for him you know, I, my thing is generally I have an idea that I like and an artist I want to spotlight and those, that's how they get to nice. work. And, uh, and he's a great job. He went on to do The Closet with James Tinian, so I feel, I feel um, vindicated there. <laughs> um, but 
Um, but also, yeah, I like I said, I love really like the cadence, and I, I love crime drama. Crime, I love crime books, crime crime stories, crime films. I don't really get to draw them, so I thought, well, I could write one. You know, like I can, I can. I don't get hired to write to draw in the medium, so in the the genre. But I, but I liked the idea of making a project. I could do the cover. I could set, you know, and I like the pacing. And I think um, if you read this, anything I've I've written. Like the pacing is some kind of there, like the kind of kind of hit the same notes, but that was it really. I just knew I had done. Stood, I'd Savage Town had done okay, and I figured I could make enough money to pay everybody and cover the costs and make something that I was really proud of, and and I did, and and it, and it did do really well when it came out. And I think what helped is the pandemic hit, and there was a lot of, sh um, you know, the, all this, the the diamond shutdown that happened mm -hmm. as the book was supposed to come out. So then when books started coming out again, it was like the only graphic novel out. That month, so I think we got like, I think we, we might have beaten Batman or something or whenever it was. Oh, wow, I I don't, like, or 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 we were second to Batman, something like that. Um, but like, but but the thing is, there was no other graphic novels. <laughs> probably right. But aside from that, it did do well. I think I think what weirdly helped just because there wasn't a lot of books coming out, people probably tried it out more. Um, okay. Whereas they maybe normally wouldn't have. It's hard to say. Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad the pandemic happened. <laughs> well, actually, I my this whole thing started because the the pandemic. Like, I started podcasting just because, like, me and some some my my real life friends aren't nerds. Like, we you know, like we watch football together and 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 do like you know dinners and and you play cards and stuff. But like, none of my in life friends are into comic books really, and so. You know, I've, I've, I met people online that, that, you know, we could, we could talk comic books. And then when the pandemic hit and like everybody had a zoom account and we would kind of like hang out and, and talk comics. And then, you know, then I hopped around to a couple podcasts and then started my own deal. And so, yeah, all, all of this spun out of like being really bored and not having anything to do other than like read. And, and it was a, it was a bummer to like, uh, you know, I was like, I, I want to talk about this stuff, you know? And, and I would like, mm. and my, my friends and family would be like, okay, like we don't like books are neat, whatever. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, that, the, the, that all happened because of that. So it, it is like, it, it, you know, COVID was a terrible thing and, and um, you know, it, it was, it's hard for, it was hard for a lot of people, but it, it also like, it's interesting what spun out of there, like, like cr the crowd, the, the like boom and crowdfunding and, and, um, and you know how, it helped out, you know, it helped out with indie comics a bit, uh, to, like you said, whether it's because of, there wasn't much coming out from the big two and then, you know, people were more apt to try something or, or just because like, you know, more, more people were open to trying new things. Like, you know, like people got into board games, people got into playing cards, people, a lot, you know, some people were like, got really into, to reading, whether it be prose or comics or poetry or whatever. So it, it was, it was interesting how like it, it made a lot of us find, uh, like new hobbies and inspirations and, and ways to like reach out and network uh, when, you know, when we're like trapped inside our, our caves, like hobbits. And, and now I never want to go anywhere. Now I'm like, <laughs> like I, I was, I was working from home for a while, you know, and it was like, I got really like comfy and uh, you know, I was like, I, I cook a lot and stuff. And, and yeah, I, you know, I also like right before the pandemic, I, I used to be a bouncer in a bar. And, and so like for seven years I had, I was, I had a kind of wild and crazy life for a while. And then I, you know, switched to the office life. And then, you know, a couple of years later, the pandemic hit and I was like, my body was like kind of ready for the quiet. Right. I was like, 
I was like, man, and like I I don't miss the bar scene really, you know. And it was so it was like being you know being cooped up wasn't so bad for me personally. But yeah, anyways, um, but yeah, Vod Bodies, um, it was so great. And and I the the horror because when I started reading it, right, I'd heard people call it like a, a horror story or or it had it had horror elements. And you know, I was, there's it, it's very it's very stressful and very intense and tons of tension. And uh, you know, but but yeah, like you mentioned, it was more of like a crime drama until we get more into it right and then it almost um you you structure it in such a way where it's like it, it's like it's sort of like a, a it can be a ghost story in a sense and i don't want to spoil too much mm -hmm. for people that haven't you know read it even though it's you know like a yeah so the one it was very when the book was coming out it was very careful not to kind of um even like hint at anything otherworldly but um and um, but it is really a matter of interpretation that's kind of that was kind of the point. Yeah, it was really smart. Oh yeah, the books the books out a few years now. So, the the way the way you left that open ended, right? Because the when we when we see things, right? It's it, it, is is it a crazy old lady or is it is it a crazy old lady who's actually like seeing these bog bodies, right? And then and then there's, the, yeah, there's there's I think somebody said to me before like, oh, it's a great ghost story, and I said, is it? You know, it was my <laughs> response. And maybe it is, maybe it is. Like it's it's really I think it's down to the reader. Yeah, and it's definitely something like you know, especially when you work in a lot of superhero comics over years. Like, it, there's a level of which, like, here's the story, tell the story, story's over, the end. You know, mm -hmm. whereas I, I, I just kind of feel if you're doing something creator owned, you should be kind of taking some risks, be it like format, be it story. You know, yeah. And and you know, there's something with Bob Bodies, I, you know, with a spot gloss on it, which costs more money. I did self-contained, I, and I, I again, you can. You, you should be pushing something, you know, creatively if you're doing creator on comics, I think. I mean, you could shoot, of course, with the work for hire as well, but that there are limitations which kind of work against that, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you have total freedom, I think it kind of, it's worth doing something that like, not necessarily, not like changes the industry or anything, but like just pushes you outside your comfort zone a little. And um, and know that Bug Bodies was an incredibly satisfying experience. I loved working with Gavin and Rebecca and Clayton and... Heather, it was a great, it's very satisfying to have an idea and put it out in the world. And also I didn't have to draw it, which helps because it didn't take like once in my life. <laughs> so I kind of got to hit all the things I, I wanted to do, which was spotlight a new artist, tell a story. I wanted to, I wanted to do a story that Americans could read and go like, oh, that's cool. It's an Irish graphic novel. And if you were here in Ireland, you could, because we wouldn't like, it's not huge with graphic novel sales or anything. So. I kind of wanted to make something here where like a regular Irish person could pick up and go like, oh, graphic novel, that wasn't superheroes or, yeah. or anything else. So I, I, I succeeded in my my goals um, and we covered costs. So that's that's really the, after that, I was, you know, everything's golden. <laughs> Do you think, so like, you know, you, 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 you had like some really great big two gigs and, and now you're, you're you're really but i mean you're also doing well in the indie field right like i mean time before time just the the 21st issue comes out this week which was excellent um and as for an indie title 21 issues is a phenomenal achievement mm -hmm. and and you and you guys are still going strong and uh but i mean do you you know it's it's so many people think like the big two is the the, the like be all end all right like every, every like everybody's hustling to get that marvel check or that dc check or that contract or whatever and oftentimes it's that's that's not necessarily the case, but it, it's interesting to see like you level up in a sense in your in your 
creative endeavors like did you're doing stuff so much different than than what you did at the big two with superheroes and and whatnot but did i mean do you did that stuff affect your storytelling now like or, or did, did it did it kind of help you in a sense and um i mean and, and also two-parter like if if that if, if or did it did it either help you or like show you what not to do like like you said like you know with, with indie comics is you, you want to push more boundaries right it's not it's not work for hire it's it's like this is work for me and and my heart and what i believe in and and you know we need to take risks whereas like dc maybe would be like this is batman you can't really do that you know and but, but did that did being constricted by them like help you like burst into the indie scene like quite literally and and be unafraid to to tell these kinds of stories that's a good question. And, and yeah, in a lot of ways, I'd say it did, you know, I'm um, like, I'm not going to say I hated my time in Marvel. I loved getting to draw like Thunderbolts and Venom and Deadpool. And, and but I think, um, I think definitely with Moon Knight, um, there's all these books with new issue ones getting attention. Whereas like I was on like, you know, the books that like were, were a few trades in, so weren't getting as much, uh, eyeballs. So getting to do Moon Knight, I felt like was a huge burst of creation because I finally got to go like, this is what I can do and take out like a tower and do a big solo <laughs> for six issues. And I would say, like, it's interesting, like Thunderbolts was a double shipping book, one of the first double shipping books Marvel were doing. So that's kind of why I was on it to Kev Walker was the main artist and I was doing other issues and they'd have to schedule us to make sure that we were getting our issues done and they could be released, you know, mm. episodically. And we're kind of doing that at time for time now because um co-creator Joe Palmer um, left the book to do his own his own solo project so then we had to kind of scramble and go like do we find a new artist or what do we do and we decided to work with different artists every arc and like lean into the nature yeah. of the time traveling um you know aspect of the book so now we're doing the same with three different artists on the book at the moment the artist uh, Jorge Coelho uh, is drawing his last issue there is a one shot being drawn at the moment and the the next arc, the second issue is being drawn of that arc. So we've three different artists on the book at one stage. So, you know, in some ways working in, in corporate comics, for lack of a better word, or work for higher comics, is very good training to get your stuff done, to hit your deadlines. You know, like there's a very good meat and potatoes aspect of having to work professionally in order to take creator own work seriously. Right. Where you really have to, you know, you can't just kind of mess around with it. Um, at the same time, I think the limitations are because the, I actually like limitations because it forces, I think it forces you to think outside, um, the box a little, and I can't say, you know, you know, deciding what page count something is going to be, or, you know, one thing for me was I was sick of the paper that Marvel were printing on. That was a big reason for me to do an image book when we did. Oh, like they're, they're just terrible. The, the paper you buy like the book paper that like comes equipped with yeah the, the, that wasn't like, <laughs> yeah like I was just getting really annoyed with it yeah whereas I saw the books at, at Image you cheat like if you look at Bad Bodies or Old Dog you'll feel that um, the cover stock is different you know that's my choice now it costs more money to do it but that was a creative decision that I could make and you can't do that uh, at Marvel so gotcha. I definitely did like take you know it's not to say like, you know, um, everything Marvel did or was oppressive or anything, but like having to deal with things that are outside your control where they are within your control, it does force you to, I think, consider stuff and see what you want to do. Nice. 
I love that you nerd out on paper quality. That's one of the reasons why I love Kickstarters so much is because like it's much more expensive, but like you get those heavier cardstock covers. You get you get those pages where if if you are used to reading like big two comics and and and, uh, and you you turn the pages like you're constantly thinking that two pages are stuck together and like forever like as you flip a page you're like making sure you didn't actually flip two pages like and it it it's, it feels better they hold up better like and uh and and, and so yeah I love uh, paper paper stocks actually very like I love it and it, I wish I wish other companies would would you know take and take that into consideration but unfortunately Marvel doesn't ask me what I think either so you know it's but it's uh. I do like, I like that you were able to do that at Image. Um, I mean, normal like Image trades and stuff anyway, like even their, their, their trade paperbacks, like they usually use thicker stock and stuff too. Like I, I, I've all, and I'm, I'm obsessed. Like the yeah, Image comes down to the creators. That's their, their, that's their choice. You know, like whenever I pick right. up an Image comic that feels cheap, I'm like, you were, I know what you're doing here. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, it, it, there's money is involved. Like it's going to be. To, yeah. It wants to make less money back on your book or more, but like I want to make more money back on the project, but I'm willing to make some concessions if it makes the product better. And I think it's a small thing, but I think when you go to a comic shop and you pick up a book, you know, you may not realize it, but sometimes the heft of it or the feel of it affects your decision to whether or not to buy. And that's why I did it with Old Dog. Like it's weird to do that cover stock with the single issues. And it might have been a stupid idea because a lot of people aren't buying the comics in stores anymore. They're doing it online. So no one, not as many people are doing that thing where they pick it off the stands. But yeah. um, for me, I just, I don't, a couple of creators have said to me this, you know, when they pick up the issue, they, they love the stock. I'm like, yeah, because I, I just personally love that. And since it's, since it's just me on the book, there's no other collaborators, I can afford to take that hit. I wouldn't do it on time before time because we wouldn't make money. Jeez. You know, I know I'd pay everybody. But on an old dog, I can... You know, I can I can take the financial punch in the jaw because I know I can I can I can stick it out. <laughs> uh, now, old dog is just I just I had, we're at, we're at three issues now, and I think the fourth comes out in May. Is that is that what they're shooting for? Yeah, yeah. Issue issue four is out in May. Yeah. Uh, now this is this is a great fucking book, man. And it's oh, I mean it and. I also like it. I love that you're drawing and writing it because I love your writing. Like I said, I'm 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 conflicted sometimes because I when I initially signed up for Time Before Time, I was like I was a little bummed that that you weren't drawing it. Um, but I'm I'm really glad. And and I it's not that I didn't like the art. Like I I that the first several or I mean what uh, the first two volumes almost is the same artist and and it really it really grew on me. Uh, and now I'm, I am also enjoying the new artists you're bringing in. Like everybody's, everybody's firing on all cylinders. Everybody's doing a great job, but I just am a big fan of your style. And it's so great to like, see you back on the interiors in, in old dog. And, and it's cool. Like, I think it's really shining because it's like you said, like you have so much control over that book now. Right. Cause you're, you're the, the sole, you know, creator and, and, and like, and you're doing most everything on your own and it's just it's so wild and like it kind of reminds me of like uh your your 007 work with him right and uh just i mean just because it's it's kind of that like a secret agent you know uh it's it's that genre right but it's it's totally flipped and turned on its head like you're you you've totally like put this new spin on it and this like this weird 
immortality kind of thing like we we were we still don't really know there's there's a lot of questions that that your audience is like waiting and there's a lot of great mystery um but and you know as you mentioned earlier how you like it's how it's important to like push these narratives into different directions um when when it's a when it's an indie title and how you're doing that both with like the technology and and what happens uh to to our mate to the protagonist and also like how it's turned into this like father daughter a troubled father daughter narrative and then like in the in the most recent issue there's like the when we were dealing with like the the ex-girlfriend um in, in russia and stuff and and like there's an odd tenderness hidden and under like the brutality and like it really made the last it made the last two issues like really sing to me differently i liked the premiere like please don't get me wrong it was a great number one issue Mm -hmm. but two and three you really like brought in some new elements to really you know juxtapose the the violent beat-em-up trope and i just like again like you're just too damn good declan like these these ideas (laughs) like you're you're making really great comics and like it's it's the same thing in, in time before time too. There's a lot of there's a lot of family issues and guilt and fear and on on top of just the 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 back and forth through centuries and and you know those these emotional you know these little emotional tidbits that we're able to like grab onto like really for me anyway and I feel like it, it's probably similar to a, a lot of your audience like really latch onto these narratives in different ways and universalize them even though like we're not time travelers and, and we're not, you know, genetically altered agents who can take a bullet to the face and laugh at the shooter. Right. And, and then like, and then grab them by the face and throw them down a flight of stairs or the right. Most of us can't do that and never will, but you, we can relate to them um, because of the humanness that you add to that. And is that ever like, especially in an old dog, like, the whole deal of like this being i love the 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 cliche of like the the old dog new tricks deal right and and how you're taking that to like so many different ways and is it ever like is it tricky to like add those like i said those tender moments this to to, to add that emotion and humanness into these like narratives that are are, are very like violent and crass and and action packed like i cuz it feels like it feels like you kind of have like a natural inclement to do that and it, it it seems very organic um but i you know I, it, it may seem like that because you're because you're a good writer but is that something you struggle with when you're when you're scripting these issues that that's a great question man and I speak more for old dog because time for time it, it's bounced back between me and rory a bit you know um like a lot of the emotional stuff you know, comes from Rory, like the bigger hits, but like I'm, my instinct is always to twist, as I said to Rory about this, to twist the knife more. Um, but you know, but I can't take credit for all that. Um, with Old Dog though, like one of the reasons to do Old Dog was like I said, with time for time, I'm I'm not drawing it, but like if I'm not drawing it, I I want the reader to know that it's going to be a really well-drawn comic. You know, if I'm not drawing it, I'm going to work with a great artist, a Joe Pammer, it's a great artist. Mm -hmm. Um, with Old Dog, you know, I wanted to do something that was just me. Um, and if it is going to be just me, it couldn't just be an action, you know, um, set piece. I mean, it is an action, it is an action set piece because I enjoy that stuff and it's mm-hmm. fun to draw. 
and it's entertaining and it's engaging and it pushes me and so from an artistic point of view it's great but if i don't have a core story underneath it or a reason to care it's often the criticism i have of anybody who's kind of telling me about their idea i'm like but why why do i care I, I, this is a cool concept but i've you no reason to kind of hook me in and i had a couple of ideas for different things and it always ended up having this kind of father-daughter element to it so I just kind of ended up bringing it into Old Dog because clearly it's a story I wanted to tell, you know. But, you know, it's um, three issues are out by now. Like it was kind of the, a hook at the end of the first issue is that um, he has no family, yet he's working with this daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, that's kind of the, um, that's the twist at the end of the first issue. Um, I had to do that in the first issue to like issue two. I want issue two and three and whatever at issue just you could just pick it up and read on its own. But for issue one, there's some things I had to set up before I could even touch yeah. the relationship. And the relationship is really the core of the the story. I just um do now it's for issue five now, and I would say this issue is crazier, but it's also more emotional. So it's not necessarily by design it was by design for this issue, but I didn't it's interesting you see you saying what you're saying about the previous ones because I've I definitely wanted to hit some emotional beats, but like, you know, again, to earn some and it's just been a, it's, I guess it's just naturally hit a, I guess naturally, I think even the, um, the Hulk one shot I did, um, before a year or so ago, like that, that to me is, I think that's a very old dog because it's got a big set piece, big action, Hulk goes nuts, but there's also a very emotional mm-hmm. core to it. So I think that's where I kind of like, that's my, that's the, the land I like to kind of straddle. It's like something that, that really does. A, I want always want someone to take a walk away from something I work I work on and go like, that was cool. But more than that, I kind of just got to your heart a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the stuff that I, that, that, that's, uh, that moves me as a reader or as someone who, you know, which is films and TVs and stuff like that. I love, I love genre stuff, but I also like, it's the, the you know, emotional stuff that gets, gets to me the most. I just watched uh, After Sun, which is a father-daughter thing. Like, you know, oh, it nearly, oh, it nearly killed me. Like, you know, it was so heartfelt. Um, but, uh, sorry, I'm going off a tangent now. Just uh, analyzing my work isn't talking to you, but um, I know it's by design, but I probably, there's probably, I think you, you probably discover something there that it's probably in me more than I realize. And I'm just kind of, it's, it's part of the language of how I'm writing there. Yeah. It, it, Cause it does feel like it, it you can tell it, it, it's like, it's trying to come out in the narrative while simultaneously, like, like you're reeling back a little bit too, or, 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 or not necessarily like you're, it's not like you're afraid of it. It's just like, you're 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 metering it right it's you, like you said you got to earn it right we got we can't just we can't just put dump all this emotion you know right up front and and you've obviously got like a, a game plan for this series but yeah it's um father stuff really gets me anyway because I, I, I have a really good relationship with my dad and and he's getting older like we're you know, i'm i'm 37 and and he's he'll be he's 77 um and and like you know it's just like he's getting older. He's not. And, and I see that, you know, and you know, he's like, doesn't get a, he, he like gets around, but he's like, he's, he's kind of clumsy and he's like falling down a couple of times. Not like bad, but he's, he's just kind of, he tries to do shitty shit. How they, the age we're at, we're seeing our parents, you know, they're not, they're not these kind of big 
yeah you towering presences in our lives the, the way yeah. we were kids they're they're people and they're you know they're their later years and you know uh like i'm those of my own my own family like you know, it's, it's 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 not them. It's kind of you. Like you're you're not a kid anymore. Now you're growing up, and you're yeah. seeing your parent as as, and they're not parents in the same way they used to be. They were they're not doing everything for you, and, and it's definitely part of life. It's a little different for me. I'm I the the dad the father daughter stuff for me is kind of um my dad fucked off when I was a kid, so mm. there's um a little personal element to this yeah. to this book, but I I also didn't want it to be like. Wow, wow, wow! I'm so sad or anything. That's why I kind of—I think I made it a father-daughter thing, so it's not about me, mm. you know. So I can kind of write about this stuff and not feel like I'm just being um, self-indulgent, you know. Um, uh, plus, I mean, the imagery, like you know, I think when I originally was coming with the book, I'm like, it said Nick Fury and Black Widow, you know, like that cleverly imagery. So, you know, um, like I'm not ripping them off or and like it's just I just I love that kind of spy yeah like you know a red-haired spy is such a cool you know it's a trope but when you know I wanted to work with tropes and have fun with them and uh, so this is to me is a way of being able to tell I don't know maybe because I'm a little bit older too I'm you know seeing you know things from a slightly more that's not that's cynical eye but an older you know more adult with a few good things, but I also have this other youthful presence in the book that is also like plays with kind of spy imagery. And and Jack is a character who's like, I just, I, I, I just draw as many wrinkles as I could possibly give. Him. <laughs> so, um, um, but you know, I know, like, I never got to do a Black Widow book. I, I, I did a Nick Fury story, but like, some of, of Old Dog is, is because I was, I was talking to Marvel on stage about doing a Nick Fury book and it didn't work out. And the idea of doing kind of a spy, super spy kind of book stuck in my head. And I don't know if it would ever happen with Marvel, so why not just do it myself? So it was kind of the, those were the genre, um, the genre inspirations behind the book originally. But then as I worked on it, all the, all those kind of more personal elements kind of started coming through. They say like a, a great writer is, is, you know, like you can take these tropes and cliches and, and make them new and make them fresh, you know? And, and, and yeah, like I said, there's, there's, a, there's so much vulnerability in your, in your scripts and, and in your characters. And I, 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 you know, to, to be, to be human is to be vulnerable. Right. And so it makes them, it makes them very relatable, even in these instances where, it's the, 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 where you usually can't really, you know, like how do you relate to a super spy or, um, or, uh, you know, like that's like, uh, that's how you make like a good Superman book, right? Is you, you remind people how human he is. Uh, same with, same with like, you know, Batman or any of these other, you know, characters is you, 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 these vulnerabilities make for better stories and, and you do that really, really well with your characters. Uh, and, and, and old dog, it was very, it, it, like I said, it was very surprising be just because of how like hard and punchy and gritty the narrative is. And so, yeah, it, you've got this great blend going on in, in old dog. And, and like, I don't, I don't know how anybody couldn't be excited for like issue four and, and beyond. Like, I think you're doing, you're doing something really cool there. And, and like I said, and your art, I, I think, I think your art's looking great too, man. Like I've been a fan for a while, but like, yeah, the, the set pieces in the last issue with the, when uh when she takes out the rocket launcher and like like all those these like huge set they, they, everything was just 
fucking gorgeous, man. And, 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 and the, the pacing and structure too, like this, these, like the heartfelt dialogue with Jack. Uh, and then, and then, you know, his, his daughter's like, you know, downstairs just having a murder fest. Uh, and it's just like how you like the bouncing back and forth. And then, and then the violence collides and it's just, it was just like issue three really blew me away. And it made me like, way more excited about where the series is going and like and and what you've got planned like have you announced like a like an end game like do you, do you have like an issue count in mind or are you just gonna like keep burning and turning until someone tells you to stop for me issue three is where things really kind of coalesce and mm -hmm. you know um uh, and so the heart comes through a bit more um i um i've issued issue of one arc i'm gonna hit um, and I'll, I'll definitely do a second issue. It depends how well the book does. Yeah. Um, as regards how much more I'll do. What I'd like to do is I'd like this to be basically like my Hellboy, where I can just do an arc, you know, do something else, come back to the next arc. Yeah. Um, just do the book, you know, release them as basically a six episode event when they're ready, and just put them out. Like, and I, I know, I know where, I know how the book ends. I just I had to hit the first beat for this first arc, and I'm about to hit that. I know where the book ends. I just don't know the road between. And the problem is, the more I work on it, the the more ideas and twists and turns I could see that they can take. Um, but it's it's creator owned, and it's it's down to how the book performs. And yeah. that's a really boring uh, answer. I'm sorry, it's not more like I like I could do three, four, five, seven. I think I could do seven volumes of this book. Um, my goal was three, but it could go longer. You know, I don't think I'd do three in a year. I thought probably like come back and forth, and it's, yeah, ideally that's what I'd like to do. Um, I don't know if the readership is interested. I don't know how that would go down, but um, uh, I I, I just keep seeing more room to do cool, especially because one the episodic nature and two a wider sci-fi aspect to the book. Mm. So it's really a matter of knowing like. I know where to, I know where to land the book. I just it's the same thing with Time Before Time. We did that first arc and we had no idea if the book would survive. <laughs> we knew we wanted to do more, but but we, you know with Crater and you just don't know. Um, yeah. When we got to issue five, we realized oh we can we can we can keep this going and we can reach that destination we wanted to 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 hit in the end. So I'm I'm in that stage with Old Dog now where I just don't know. The first thing was to get this first arc done, this first red act I call it, and and see see how it does um so it's a little up in the air but i'm definitely going to do a second one um and likely a third one just depending if i can pay the bills yeah well that's cool I've, like I, that that answers it works for me man like i i i would love to see uh more of it now what you mentioned that like uh, you, the the daughter has a little bit of black widow uh like inspiration you kind of mentioned nick fury um you know i i i get a little bit of like sin city marv from from jack a, a little, like every now and then like some of that some of that like miller-esque noir it's, especially because of the his the, his grizzled look and the the heavy lines and the the, the thick inking in his face and stuff but like what what kind of inspiration uh for for like what draws your inspiration for jack like when you're when you're kind of thinking about like how he maneuvers through these scenes and and how he he talks to his cohorts and whatnot um, well, it's there is the Marv thing. I think is clearly there, but it wasn't deliberate. I think that that just kind of came through. I'm a massive Frank Miller fan, 
Um, so I'd say that's subconscious. Um, for me, it was like a mix between Clint Eastwood and um, my garment route from Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, I just, you know, bitter, mean old man. <laughs> you know, or, yeah, Clint Eastwood and Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, d- d- uh, d- definitely. He's, he's he's bitter and cranky, <laughs> but he, I lo- like, I love, I love him, man. And, and it's, uh, I, I love that he, I, I love that you've made this like this old man, and then like you know rejuvenated him in, in a way too, right? Like, like I said, the the things that you're doing and like the secret agent trope and and how you've like turned these turned this narrative around and and made it very unique to you and your strengths as a storyteller. Um, I, I hope the sales replicate my fondness of it because you really do deserve, um, you d- you deserve to to you know keep telling the story, get get deeper into this world and and these characters and and yeah and, and yeah this this like reluctant relationship between a father and daughter and how they're like forced to work together and the the trust issues that are popping up right and and not just like trust issues but like like these trust issues that end in like lives and uh, people living and dying and and you know very high high stake consequences uh in in the in the midst of of this like anger between a father and daughter and 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 their you know their rocky relationship is it's so it's so rad man and i just i love it and all of these all of these things that we've talked about the 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 humanness the the tenderness how how great you are with with pacing and tension and and violence and great fight scenes and action and i all of these combined have me so fucking stoked that you are coming into marvel's aliens and 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 you're coming back to the big two not for superheroes but for fucking space horror and i i love <laughs> what marvel has been doing like with with the with predator and aliens and like i i really I, I have a secret hope that they'll do like little one shots like like you did with the the Wolverine and Deadpool um and stuff like that. Like it'd be so cool to have like the Z like Xenomorphs versus the X-Men or like Punisher versus Xenomorph, you know, like I like it's they did covers, right? When they first got the the mm. t- the license back. Like they had those awesome covers and it's just like it's 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 a hop, skip, and a jump away. And I, I keep hoping that maybe we'll get that, but regardless, Alien and Predator fans are eating well right now. Um, Ed's killing it on Predator, and um, and Phillips been doing great on Aliens. Um, and and you're about to take over. I'm sure you're excited because it's a cool gig. Are you a little bit like nervous too because you're you're taking over Phillips? I, I mean, he's been writing it for for a hot minute now, and and uh, it's he's building up like a new fan base and audience, and 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 you guys are about to 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 hand it off in april and like it so or is it is a little is it a little stressful or are you feeling pretty confident you like you're like no like i'm 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 batting a thousand i'm gonna hit it out of the park like don't worry about it uh no i'm a little nervous um it's pretty cool to work on something for marvel that isn't superheroes i mean i love superheroes so i, I wouldn't complain um but it was a pretty cool gig to be offered um i think what um philip has been doing is great Philip and the artist of the book, uh, Julius, I can't remember his second name, sorry, but then the guy in the book, oh, I just love it, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's intimidating because everyone of my generation loves really? like um, all my friends, not comic book readers, but just like regular people, 
uh, and I've told a couple of them, they're like, what? <laughs> like they're, yeah. So I, um, it's a different level of, uh, fan fear, um, <laughs> one that I'm not used to. Um, but I'm fairly, I'm quite happy with the book that we're doing. Um, I, I didn't want to just copy what Philip had done. The book's very strong. Like what Philip and, and everybody, all the artists of the book, it's a very, very strong book. So I wanted to make sure I was delivering in the same way with a strong, strong book. Um, and I mean, like an amazing cover artist with Dee Gran and Andrea uh, Bracardo is pages brilliant, like in Trina Farrell's colors. I, I just did the lettering pass on issue one and I think it's going to print today. Um, and I'm really, really happy with it. Um, and it's cool to tell stories at Marvel that aren't the Marvel universe necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, it's very liberating. It's really cool. It's a really, really, really fucking cool project to work on, <laughs> I have to say. Um, and and it's great to work on something as a writer and not an artist, you know. And I, 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 Marvel's been very accommodating to like help me kind of like create the look of the book that I was going for without me drawing anything. Right. And between the artist and colorist and, and everything else. So I, I'm really, really, really happy with it. I, I but I've no idea what I've no idea what I was gonna think. <laughs> yes, I am scared. <laughs> well that's I I I'm I'm glad like I but again, like I, I think those you know when we we talked we mentioned earlier how like when the stakes are higher, like when you're when you're drawing on with you know a pencil and paper and how like mistakes can happen and it makes you think differently and that you know when you're it keeps you keeps you sweat and keeps you on edge, right? Like I think that's good though, right? Like, like, like that, you know, adding that to your scripts and, and, and on, on top of a, of a, of a, of a series of, of beans that like keep everybody on edge and stressed and creep down, mm -hmm. you know, like, I think that'll, I think that's all going to like build into like a, a very bombastic, uh, issue. Like I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how you take that. I, I am obsessed with aliens. When I was a kid, my dad let me watch alien, uh, at a very, very young age. And, I had like terrible, terrible nightmares. And like, and I was like at night I would like scream and my mom was so mad at him that he let me watch this. And, but it, it instilled this, this wonder and, and, and love of like science fiction and horror, like, and that like, you know, after I got done being scared of it, I learned to appreciate it and love it and be excited by it, you know? And, and I've, I've lo I, I love the alien movies and even when they're bad, right? Like they're, they're still, even, even when like, people talk shit on like the AVP and the last couple predator movies, except prey prey was excellent. But like even the, even the cheesy ones, like I still love, I, I love for what they are. I love, love watching aliens slaughter idiot human beings. Right. It's great. <laughs> and, and so like, I just, I'm, I love the comic books and I've been kind of testing the waters of the old dark horse stuff too. And, it, and it's, it's very, it's intriguing. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard, I've heard it start stronger and gets kind of weird and hit and miss like the longer they went on. But, you know, when, once when Marvel started doing these these new books, like like I said, like they've just been like, they've been really they've been really good and really solid from issue. Yeah, and I can I can swear I can write swear words in a Marvel comic. This yeah. is so weird, <laughs> you know. And um, I would say like with my you know I not a I I haven't I didn't grow up a huge Alien fan. I was too scared. I was way <laughs> too scared to watch any of those films, and nobody made nobody made me watch them. And um, it was only really my twenties or you know thirties like. I think I saw Alien Resurrection in the cinema, and um, which isn't the best one. So, you know, and um, and my uh, problem with the franchise would be more. I think there's more bad films than good at this stage. You know, which is which is the same with a lot of stuff. Like you know, a lot of the 
the properties when we were kids. There's more bad versions of it than yeah at this at this stage. But um, yeah, my take with it, my I tried to kind of come to this book with a removed perspective. You know, like I'm not um, I'm I don't want I'm. I didn't want to be hindered by the love of the franchise so much that it stops you from telling an interesting story. And I think the best thing that the franchise can do is have an interest, like have a good story. I just try and tell a really good alien story. It's like this to me is a, another film. You know, uh, if I was to make an alien film, this is the film I'm getting to make. And, nice. and, and I have to say, Marvel, I mean, it's been very open. Like it's been very... You know, I just a pitch process with Twentieth and Marvel, but um, very accommodating. Um, so you know, I can't say like, oh, Marvel wouldn't let me do X, Y, and Z. It, it's it's been very um, creatively, really, really satisfying. Um, and yeah, I'm just doing my best to like lean into all the best bits of the franchise, um, while trying to do, engage the readers as as much as possible. I don't I don't know. If I were, I'm sounding so vague with all this, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I'm just trying to tell a good story and I hope people like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that you're capable of telling a bad story. So, I mean, I, I, that's, that's good. <laughs> but I like, I like, I, I like that you're a little bit nervous. I like that you're, you're, you're coming at it with more intensity and like, you know, the, you know, and, and I like that they're giving you, like, it sounds like Marvel's giving you a lot of play and a lot of freedom. And that's also very cool. Like, because you know, someone mentioned a while back that it, there were people are missing the Marvel Max line, right? And they they're like very they don't want to mm. bring that back. And a lot of people thought they would when like DC dropped Black Label to kind of like compete with that new element that DC brought out. And, and they they really haven't. But mm. like you mentioned, these Aliens and Predator comics are very violent. You can curse. They're very different than than what Marvel's putting out. And uh, and I and I think that's. I think that's got a lot going for it too. Cause it's, 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 it's edgier and, and grittier and, and, and yeah, there's, just, there's, there's dead bodies everywhere. They just announced, they just announced it's going to be, um, all the 20th books are, are going to be an imprint at Marvel. Oh, really? I think that's a good, I think that's Yeah. They announced last week, I think that, um, all the 20th books, uh, Planet of the Apes, Alien, Predator are all going to be an imprint now at Marvel. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably, I think that's cool because it gives, well, the cool thing about the Max books was their own thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their own little pockets. And if you wanted to read them, they're there and you don't need to worry about everything else. So I think there might be something good. And I know it's a branding thing, maybe, but um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it'd be cool to just have its own space, you know, where you're not. But I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to do crossovers and stuff like that. It'd be silly not to. Um, but it does create a nice little kind of sandbox area at Marvel where you can tell stories that are not hindered by a crossover or another character. I'm not particularly interested in doing that at the moment. Yeah. Um so it's a nice it's a nice little pocket to just tell really cool, interesting stories or you can really kind of do anything, you know, to a to a degree. Um and I would say you mentioned the Dark Horse stuff. Like I I'm hoping that people who read this book will feel the Dark Horse influence because that's definitely kind of where you know, I didn't want to make a really sheeny, like, uh, you know, like I looked at the original films. They're dark, they're mysterious, mm-hmm. they're atmospheric. You know, they're 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 not big, colorful CGI, you know, yeah. spectacles. So I definitely wanted the book to have an aesthetic, and I 
I, you know, I, I wanted to tap into that Dark Horse feel a little, just a little bit of DNA in there. It could be still a Marvel book, but I just wanted to kind of lean into the old schoolness of it rather than the new, you know, do I kind of new. I think that stuff looks very dated fast, whereas, you know, I think the Dark Horse stuff still looks great. So mm -hmm. I tried to, you know, um, inject a little bit of that influence and I hope it shows. That's cool, yeah, because it's very the the original movies, or especially the original movie, and and like the older Dark Horse stuff, it's it's very gothic, right? It's like you said, like it's it's dark and, and broody, and it's you know like the there's like the the body horror and the and the chest bursters and the face huggers and the the, the salivating aliens that like you know blend into the backgrounds of these like of these dark lonely ships and that are you know stranded out in the middle of nowhere and stuff and like I. I, I love that. So that, again, that gets me double, triple excited uh, for, for April. And I, I can't wait to, to read. Well, I, I would say, like, I'd say that the, the, the tone of the book is aliens, like maybe, I guess, 60% aliens, 40% alien. You know, nice. probably somewhere between there. And, you know, it's one thing where, where aliens ended, um, I felt on a really interesting note. With Ripley and you know the and um, girl and the cast and we definitely felt there was like a note there that would have been interesting, like a family asked, like what would a family do in this hmm. um, situation. So that's kind of where it's going. So we we start with a family on an ice moon um, that have their own dynamics, but then they find something near the ice that complicates matters. Is it is it fair to say a little bit of, a little bit of john carpenter the thing motivation behind some of this as well like mixed in with the xenomorph world yeah there, there's definitely a john carpenter it's more of an aesthetic uh, okay definitely like if anyone asks i said this is um alien meets the thing because yeah there's like i get into again it's a filler from the same era you know uh, definitely like i said the dark that kind of old school um atmospheric uh, aspect is something i want from the book so there's definitely a um and the body horror aspect to it too. I mean, I I, I don't I wouldn't say I'm I'm just implanting that film in, but there's definitely that other the similar aesthetic to the book, which I, I think is the cool thing about Alien is that you could just kind of put it anywhere mm -hmm. and it affects the world that it's in. So there's definitely I definitely want that kind of eighties feel to the book because it, it is to, an aesthetic is very important to us to a book. I think like it's not just the story. So many things are important to making a book feel like it's got an identity and, a, and, a, and an approach. And I think we're, we're hitting the marks. Awesome. I love the amount of respect and love you have for this franchise. Like I, I was, I was sold anyway. I, like I said, I, I love your work and, but like the, hearing you talk about it and, and the, you know, the, the agency and, and, you know, the, the sense of space and where it belongs right i feel like i feel like you're paying a lot of respect to the franchise it sounds like to to what's going on i, I i'm so excited man i'm I, i'm so i'm so excited for more time before time Thanks, for man. more alien for more old dog like you are you're firing on all cylinders declan like i'm i'm so happy like you're you're i hope you see it i i hope i hope you're happy with your work right now because I, I i know what imposter syndrome is and i i know it I know it haunts a lot of us, um, but like, as a as a as a reviewer in comics press, and also just as someone who fucking loves comics, like, you're you're killing it right now, man. And it, and it was such an honor t 
to get to talk to you and to have you on my show. And and I, I was like, I was so excited for this. I know I've kept you for over an hour. I know I know you got deadlines and, and shit to do. And so the, the polite podcast host that I am, uh, this is the part where I say, um, you know, I don't I don't know if you're if you have a newsletter or anything, but like where's where's a good place to keep track of you and follow you on social media and all that good stuff. Uh, oh, well, thanks for all the kind words, man. I really, I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad someone thinks I'm killing it because I've no idea. I'm just trying to do get do the get the work on doing that time. And um, I do. We'll have the Twitter and the Instagram is all at Declan Shalvey, and I do have I have a website, um, DeclanShalvey.com, and you can subscribe to my newsletter there. And um, if you're not aware of it, um, I post every two weeks, and I'll generally just talk about what I'm working on. Um, if it's a secret project, I'll talk around it. Sometimes I'll slip in artwork that no one's seen yet, you know, a little advanced peek. Like I, I showed some time, you know, time for time stuff. I revealed a new artist in the, in the newsletter. I haven't done it publicly yet. So the newsletter is a nice way to just kind of have a more private conversation with anybody who's interested in my work. So, um, you can sign up there. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of it. Nice. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to sign. I don't think I, I'm not subscribed to it. So I'm gonna have to change that ASAP. Uh, Declan, again, thank you so much for coming on my show. A show listeners like you've got to get these comic books old dog time before time get that pre-order in for aliens the 20th is foc so you need to tell your shops that you want this new alien comic uh this this new atmospheric exploration of the franchise that declan is i have all the faith in the world that, that he's going to nail it it sounds so wonderful i'm so excited you got check it out pre, pre-ordering comics is important folks and i'm sure he would appreciate a pre-order follow him hit him up Subscribe to his newsletter. There's three trades of Time Before Time Out right now. They're all fucking excellent. It gets better and better and better. I, I, It's crazy how it just keeps escalating and keeps being wonderful. Um, same with Old Dog. First three issues are out. It's amazing. Uh, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting uh, issue four. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm on Images Press List, so I'll get in a little bit earlier. But like, I'm just. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm thirsty for it. I'm parched. I need it. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a little it's it's a little late. So I, I'm sorry about that. I I basically it's it's been so much work. The pr- the production caught up with me, so I took a publishing break for two three months so I can get ahead again and have them come out. I I wanted them to come out once every month rather than sporadically a month mm-hmm. here or there. I just so so yeah, that's my bad. I just uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work doing that. <laughs> everything. So in. Um, yeah, it's uh, May 10th for issue four, and it's going to be, uh, I just tended it. yeah, it's going to be a weird one. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to put out too much. Hey, greatness takes time. As long as the production value, like, stays the same, like, I, I'm, you take your time, baby. I'll That's be here it. for it yeah. when it comes out. <laughs> I just appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, big fan. This is a, uh, this is a big deal for me. Like, I just nerd me. Uh, it was, it was a, a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, and so I will. I'll let you get back to your day, and I'm so stoked for Aliens. Oh man, thank you. I know I like I appreciate it more. <laughs> <laughs> buzz, buzz, babies! Did you know Blake's Buzz has a Patreon? If you want to support the show, you can sign up for just three bucks a month. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/BlakesBuzz and sign up to be a Builder Bee. With your help, I'm able to keep the mics hot and the lights on. To all the current Builder Bees, I want you to know that I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for helping to make the buzz bigger, better, and louder. I'll see y'all on the internets, babies.